Are you guys fired up and ready to go? Can we just extend our hands to Eric and Brenda? Do you guys mind standing up? Let's just bless them. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Erica and Marinda. And Father, I thank you for their faithfulness to the nations. <laughs> you bless me every time you guys come. You speak into my heart every time you come. And we just release you to be the voice of Jesus today. To share what is on the Lord's heart for this body. And we just bless you in the name of Jesus. We honor you and we thank you for your presence here today. Father, I thank you that the anointing and the river of life that is in them is going to flow out so preciously today. Would you bless them in Jesus' name? And everybody said, amen. Could you give them a warm welcome? Amen. It is really um, wonderful for Eric and I to be here with you this morning. We are just so um, thankful to the Lord for what he has done. He has been so good to me. He's so awesome. Um, it was really a difficult four months, um, the last four months of last year. Uh, it was a big trial and it was difficult. Um, all the doctors in Russia, all the doctors in South Africa um, were so convinced that I had cancer. And um, they were all very negative and um, uh, really just told me that if I didn't get uh, treatment, they actually think, you know, this is it's not a good prognosis. I mustn't expect anything good. And that's what they literally said to, to me and Erica. And so... Um, but we just trusted the Lord. Uh, at one stage, I was lying in hospital, and I really said to the Lord, you know, um, if this is the end, I accept that he's sovereign. Um, but I was praying and, you know, really asking the Lord to heal me and to help me. And uh, I remember so clearly, he said to me, um, there was one moment where he said to me, Miranda, you are part of the kingdom. You know me. You know me. You, you have everything. But I want you to stop praying for yourself and pray for your friends. Pray for the lost. Pray for the nations who do not know me. If they die, they're not coming to me into my presence. And God really challenged me to look away from my circumstance. It wasn't easy, of course, when you hear all this negative you know, input all the time. You know, you have cancer. It's not good. Um, you need courage to say, but God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to look away from this. And I'm just going to trust you. And, and my life is in your hands. And I'm going to trust you for the nations. And I just, I remember that day I was lying in the hospital. And I just started praying for Kalmykia. I said, Lord, I ask you for Kalmykia. I might lose my life, but they don't have life yet. They don't have eternal life. Send people so that they can hear the gospel and be saved. I'm grateful God has healed me completely. He's good. I'm grateful I have another opportunity to go to the nations, to go to Kalmykia. But church, uh, there are nations who haven't heard. They are lost who are desperate to get what we have, to get life. And so we really just want to share with you this morning. Thank you for this. Can you get that on for me? 
ask of me. Ask of me. The Lord says in... Um, Lord says in Psalm 2 verse 8, and I'm sure you have heard this verse many times, you know it very well. It says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And as I looked at this verse, I looked at the words inheritance and possession. You know, what is an inheritance? It is something of great value. Something of great value, precious, a treasure, something we don't want to lose. And the father says to Jesus, I give you the nations as your inheritance. The nations, the lost people have got great value to God. Yes, he loves his children. He loves all of us. But let me tell you, if you are in the kingdom, your circumstances and your problems are minor details. Because you already have a great father who will take care of those minor details. I don't care what problem you have, how big it might seem right now. It's minor detail. What's the big issue for God? The nations who haven't heard yet. The lost who are still in darkness, who are without hope. He says, That's, let's get them in. That's the real issue. They are the inheritance of Jesus. And God says to us, ask of me, I will give it to you. That's a promise to Jesus, but it's a promise to us as the church. We need to ask God for the nations. You know, there are more than 6,000 nations still who are totally unreached, who don't have a viable church, who haven't heard the gospel yet. And I've asked myself so many times, Lord, we've been preaching this for so many years now. Why do we not see these nations reached like people group by people group year after year we hear? Why don't we hear that? Is it because people are not going? Yes, I think it's because people are not going. But I tell you definitely, I know the major reason is because people are not praying. People are not asking God. We're not doing what God said. He, will, he promised He will fulfill it. But we're not even asking Him. I know you've heard this before, but I'm, I felt God said, challenge my church again this morning. To ask me for the nations. You know, Epaphras was a man who really understood God's heart. He realized he had to ask God for the nations. Why do I say that? Paul writes a, a very small portion in, um, in Colossians 4, verse 12 to 13 about Epaphras. We don't hear much about him in the Bible. We don't hear much about all his problems and these circumstances because it's minor detail. But what we do hear about him is that says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he has a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. Now, I want to highlight three things for you that I see in Epaphras' life that I really believe God wants to highlight to us again this morning. And he says to us, this is my heart. Let me tell you, John 3.16 says... In the Amplified, it says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized me, the world. So, uh, yes, I'm included in that. But you see, so often we focus on me and my circumstances and, Lord, I'm struggling with this and please help. You know, that's minor detail. Let me tell you, Jesus says, I dearly love the world. I dear 
dearly love the nations. I dearly love the lost. And I want you to have that same love. I want you to prize them highly. That you want to go after them and get them for the kingdom. I want to tell you this morning, and I don't want to sound harsh. If you do not have a desire to reach the nations. If you think this morning, I'll just sit in church. If you don't have a desire in your heart to reach the nations, you have a problem. Then you do not feel God's heart. God's heart is beating. Every beat it makes is, I want to see the nations saved. Let the Kalmo come in. Let the Tuvinians come in. Let the Muslims in Central Asia come in. Let the Turkish that are lost come in. That's his heartbeat. He's so happy we are already there. But he says together we need to reach out. Three things Epaphras did. He prayed, he asked God specifically for the nations. Um, he prayed for the cities of, Paul says he prays for Colossia and Laodicea and Hierapolis. Let me just tell you something about these cities. Laodicea and Colossia were big trading centers in that time. It sat at a place where many nations crossed through those cities to do trade and business. Those cities were filled with different ethnic groups. The nations gathered there. In Hirapolis was a city with warm springs and healing pools. And many, many people from different nations went there to get healing. So these cities really were representing the nations. And Paul says, Epaphras prayed specifically for them. Specifically for them. And he prayed for them. It says, Paul says in, 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 in Colossians, he says, he prayed with great zeal. Now that word great zeal, if you look what it really means, it means a deep concern for these nations. A deep concern. He doesn't, it means I don't just pray, oh Lord, bless the nations and think I'm, I've done my part. It means I have a deep concern with them. I pray, I seek the Lord. I cry before the Lord because they are lost. Because I have a deep concern for them. If you do not have a deep concern for the nations, ask God to give it to you. Ask him, God, break my heart. Give me that same deep concern that you have for the nations. Give that to me. Epaphras had this deep concern. And he prayed for these nations. Is your deep concern only for your own life? For your own circumstance? then your prayer life would also be selfish. Because we pray what we value, what we, what we are concerned about. That's what we pray about. If I'm only concerned for my own life, my prayer life will only be about myself and my circumstances. But if you really have a deep concern for the nations, you cannot help yourself. You want to pray for them. Because you love them utterly. You know you love your children. Love the nations that much. You will definitely then pray for them. There was a group of children that God challenged them to specifically pray for the chummy people of Colombia. And these young group of children, they were 30 young children. 
they decided to start praying for the child. They felt God told them to do it. And they started to pray with a deep concern. Have you ever heard children pray and cry before the Lord? Cry before the Lord for the lost. These 30 children started praying. They made little bracelets to remind them to pray every day for the Chami people. The Chami people live in Colombia in the mountainsides, very poor, live in absolute poverty, no medical facilities. Very few can read. They have no Bible. But these 30 kids start praying for the Chami. Within one month after they started praying, the first Chami man read the first few verses of the newly translated Bible, and he accepted Jesus as his Savior. It was the start of the Chami church in one month when they started to pray specifically for the Chami. They didn't just say, God, bless the nations. Let the nations come to know you. They said, no, God, we, we have a deep concern for the Chami to know you. These people who live in such Horrible circumstances. We want them to know you. Send someone. Lord, reveal yourself to them. They prayed with a deep concern specifically. The second thing Epaphras did is he prayed fervently. It's, Paul says he was, he's laboring fervently for you in prayers. Now that word fervently, what it really means, the, the, the idea it's trying to create is that of striving as in the agony of a contest, competing for a prize. You know, when you get ready to compete for a prize, in South Africa there's a big race called the, the Comrades Marathon. Have you heard of that? It's quite big. It draws people from Europe, from all over to come and participate. Russians come to run in that race. Um, but people train for months. It's a, lo it's a long distance, like, I don't know now in miles, so I better not tell you even in kilometers. But it's, um, I don't know how to make that conversion. But it's a huge race, and, and thousands of people run it. But they train, and they train, and it's painful. You should see some of these people coming, you know, crossing the finish line. They crawl. It's painful. And it's painful to get there to train, and to, but they do it because they want to do this race. Fervently praying. It's going to cost you something to pray for the nations. It's going to cost you make a decision that this is a priority for God. It must be a priority for me. It's not something that's going to come easy. You have to train yourself, discipline yourself to pray for the nations, specifically, fervently. To do it with all your might. If you really want something, let me tell you, if you really want something, like a new car, or a new tablet, or an iPad, if you really want it, you really work at it to, to make it happen, yes? If you really want something, if you really want the nations, those last two years, you're going to make it happen. You're going to discipline yourself to fervently pray, seek the Lord, passionately intercede for them. You're going to do something about it. A few years ago, we started to fervently pray for the Kalmuk people. We shared in churches like this and in, in, in Anderson and in Knightstown and uh, uh, Eaglestown. We started speaking about the Kalmuk people. 
Our Russian team in Samara started praying for them. Churches here started praying for them. We started sharing in South Africa about the Kalmuk. Churches there started praying and interceding for the Kalmuk. God has answered those prayers in amazing ways. You know, the man there on the left, Sanal, a young man, he's pastoring a small church in the city of Lagan. It's on the Caspian Sea. About 26,000 people living in that city. Five, five Kalmuk believers. Five Kalmuk believers. But God is starting to move. He's, he, he gave the churches a passion to help this man. Johnny and them has met them. The students has went to Sanal's little church. South African groups as when they're they now going to help him to, to plant a church in another city. He already started reaching out to Komsomolsky where there's now 10 believers. And they're now going to help him to plant in, in uh, um, Legan. I, I can't remember the name of the city now. He's got, they're going to plant another church. God is working, raising people up. Not to only fervently pray, but you know what flows from fervent, passionate prayer is action. When you start to have a deep concern, and fervently praying. You cannot help but do something about it. I tell you, church, we will see much more results in the nation if we start to pray. You know, sometimes we want to do something and it doesn't work and we just don't get and we don't know how to start. Let me tell you, let's not start there. Let's start with fervent, passionate, specific prayer. I, I guarantee you from that will flow action. This church can become a sending base that sends out many young people to the nations. But it must start with fervent, passionate prayer. A deep concern for the nations. Vera, we started praying for Vera. A lovely lady. She was a Buddhist who came to know Jesus. A miraculous way. Long story. I, I, I don't want to tell the whole story right now, but... She came to know Jesus, but she became deaf. She wasn't born deaf, but she became deaf. Couldn't hear. Hear very, very bad. Um, but she is an evangelist. She wants to, to evangelize her people to come to know Jesus. But it's very hard because when she starts speaking, people, when they speak back to her, she can't hear them. So it was hard for her to do this, but she's so passionate on fire. And so we started praying for Vera. We said, Lord... We know you can do a miracle and heal her ears. But sometimes God wants to use, use the body to help and bring the healing. And so we said, God, maybe you want to give her a hearing aid. But that's very costly. It's about, roughly, help me, I think $4,000. $2,000 for a hearing aid, which we don't have. She definitely doesn't have it. So we started trusting God, said, God, we're going to trust you. And we started speaking. The church in South Africa started fervently praying for Vera. At that time, we were in South Africa. It was last year. We weren't here to tell you guys about it. But the church in South Africa started to fervently pray for Vera. We trusted God. God, do something. And God provided. One man came and said, I want to give money so that Vera can hear. He gave the money. We went uh, to Kalmykia. Our team took it. Actually, we were on our way to take the hearing aid, the, the money to her, uh, but had to return to South Africa because of my condition. But uh, our team went, gave it to her. We saw the photos and the video clip. She was so, she just cried. It's changing her life. Her pastor wrote to us. He says, Vera can hear now. It's amazing. You see, it started with fervent prayer, specific prayer, passionate prayer, deep concern prayer. 
And then God moves and things start to happen. The last thing I see in Epaphras is he prayed, he asked persistently. Paul says, uh, he always laboring fervently for you in prayer. Always. Persistently. Not stopping. Always he prayed for these cities and these nations. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray at all times. But not only for my own needs, for the nations, for the lost. Not just when we have a missions focus Sunday or a missions conference, which by the way we're going to have. I think Erika will tell you later. But that's not the only times we need to pray for the nations. It needs to be part of our daily life. To passionately with deep concern say, God, I want to trust you to reach, to save the Chami, to save the Kalmuk, the Tuvinians, the Tatar people. Send missionaries, Lord. Send laborers. Let them come to know you. Let them see your light. There's another group, the Umida, in Papua New Guinea. Total unreached group they were. Again, a group of children. You know, God used children because they're just so eager to do something. It's us adults that are so lazy sometimes. <laughs> so self-consumed, so inward-looking. This group of children, they started praying for the Umida. You know, if children start to pray every Sunday, not skipping even one Sunday to pray for a people group, God moves. For a whole year, they kept on praying for the Umida. They had no results. They didn't hear about miracles happen and suddenly people say, but they kept on praying persistently for a whole year. After a year of them every week praying for the Umida, God suddenly raised up a man from a neighboring tribe in Papua New Guinea who was a believer. And he took just his lantern and his Bible and he went to the Umida to preach the gospel. Within another year, there was a thriving Umida church planted. It started with a group of children praying persistently for one year. Persistently for a second year. After two years, there was a church. Thriving church. Let us decide to ask God for the nations. To pray specifically, fervently, persistently. I want to ask you this morning to just imagine quickly. We wa I'm going to want to play you a video clip. And I want you to imagine that this is Epaphras speaking. The words will be there. But hear his voice. Imagine this is Epaphras, this man who has a deep concern for the nations, who fervently prays, persistently prays. Hear his voice this morning and let God challenge you through it. So just listen to this. Men, we were not made to live like most men. We were made to fight. We were made to strive. We were made to work. 
We were made to conquer. We were made to give ourselves for something that is eternal. Adam was given the command to do what? To go out and subdue. To bring everything in creation in harmony with the will of God. To do all His governing, all His things within the context of God's will. Now we live in a fallen world that lives in darkness and death. The kingdom of the evil one spread abroad throughout the land. You and I were not called to play video games. We were not called to sit in front of a television set. We were not called to give ourselves to trifles. We were called to advance a kingdom. To live with a passion, to fight for Him. And to only every once in a while drop our swords and look up for a smile. I want to fight! I don't want comfort! I don't want ease in Zion! Because the kingdom of God is built not by those who rest easily in Zion, but by those who go out into the streets and fight. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty. Intercessory prayer, the proclamation of the gospel, and sacrificial love. Men, rise up, O men of God. Do what you were called to do. Be valiant and strong and know that it's going to cost you. You take your stand beside Jesus Christ and His cause and you watch the devil come after you, buffeting you from the outside and from the inside. But that's what war is about. And so He has given us a great commission to pace a room at night saying there is a place, there is a place where he is not worshipped, where he is not worshipped, there is a place where he is not worshipped, I cannot sleep, there is a place where he is not worshipped. There is a place where the flag of Zion does not fly. That's what we were made for. To set aside our little temporal causes and to give ourselves to this one great battle. There is a place where he is not worshipped yet. There are many places in this world where he is not worshipped yet. He is so worthy of all the worship from the nations. But there is a place where he is not worshipped yet. And we need to pray like an Epaphras with a deep concern for the nations. Saying, God, we want to ask you, we want to call them by name. We want to persistently pray for them with great further in our hearts. And ask you to give us these nations to send laborers so that they can come to know you. Do you want to make a commitment this morning to say, God, I want to pray for the nations. And, and if, you don't want, if you don't feel that commitment, ask God to give it to you then. 
Ask him to give it to you. Say, God, help me. Give me such a deep concern so that I can make such a commitment to pray for the nations like Epaphras. We want to end by just showing you a last video clip, and then Erika will close for us. Uh, a last video clip just about what is going on in the world. It's, it's one of John Piper's new video clips. Maybe you've seen it. Um, it's called Lost. Uh, just a few p wonderful pictures of the nations with a few statistics. A beautiful song. But may it just touch your heart to say, God, break my heart for these nations to really pray and intercede for them. So we're going to watch the last video clip and then we'll end. The missionary question is not, where are their unbelievers? And then send a missionary there. There are unbelievers everywhere. The missionary question is, where are their peoples who don't have any Christians in them? Or don't have a church strong enough to do the neighbor evangelism that we can do if we just want to do it? That's the missionary question. That's the question of peoples and nations. How many are there? How many are unreached?
What's the purpose of God for the nations? Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. God's purpose is that He be praised. That's what God's purpose is in the world. Oh, that we could get a heavenly mindedness about the world so that we see it the way God sees it. Lives are a vapor. Eternity is long. Heaven is ecstatic with joy. Hell is horrific with pain. These are the great realities. Good morning, everyone. Great to be with you this morning. Great to hear the heart of the Father. Isn't it? Aren't we just so privileged this morning that God spoke to us? He loves us so much that he's saying what is on his heart. I mean, that is just such an amazing thought. And as Marinda was sharing, I... uh, I really felt that the Lord wanted to challenge us, like Pastor Eric also said this morning. What is your response? What do you want to say to the Lord this morning? Are you ready to say, yes, Lord, give me your heart? I will tell you, if you have the heart of God, it's hard. It's hard to see the nations die. It's hard to to walk amongst the common people and see these precious people bowing down before a statue that cannot even hear them. To see an old lady with nothing, nothing. They are such poor people with a little sweetie in her hand. That's all she could afford. A little sweetie. And walking to the statue and laying it in front of it to give it her all. And we have the living God. Here we are this morning. Will we say yes to this challenge? Yes, Lord. I want to pray specifically, fervently, and always for that which is on your heart. If that is your response this morning... 
if you want to, say to the Lord, use me. We sang a song, let your glory be revealed in me. If that is you, if you sang that song this morning, then you have the privilege this morning to say yes to the Lord because I want your glory to be revealed in and through my life by praying for the nations. If you want to say yes, I want you to stand and we're going to pray and ask the Lord to break our hearts for what breaks his. Just as a, as a little action, put your hand on your heart. Heavenly Father, you are such an awesome God. And you have showed us what is on your heart this morning. Again, you have reminded us. You have just reminded us that you love the nations, that you desire to see the nations to worship you. That is so on your heart. Every moment, that is your heartbeat. That you want to see people from every tongue, tribe, and nation to bow their knees before you. And we want to take hands with you, Lord. It's not our mission. It's yours. It's not our ministry. It is yours. You have one purpose, and that is to see people come to know the living God, to have an intimate relationship with you. That's your purpose, Father. We want to align our lives with your purpose. So we are asking you this morning to break our hearts for what breaks yours. Father, we were singing and praying that you will break down the walls. Break those walls of ignorance, of hardness, of selfishness, of seeking comfort for ourselves. Break that, Lord. Forgive us and help us to look to you. When we look into the eyes of Jesus... We will see the tears for the nations. Help us to look at you, Lord. To lay aside our, aside our temporal causes so that your name might be glorified. You said, if you want to follow me, come, deny yourself, lay down your life, pick up your cross and follow me there's no other way lord there's only one way help us father here we are as a church a church that you have strategically planned here you planted this church for a specific purpose may this church walk in this purpose that you have laid before them to seek and save the lost. Thank you for, for saving the lost around us here. God, I pray that you would bring in more and more of the lost in this region. But more than that, Father, I pray that not only a hundred souls here will be saved, 
but a hundred nations through the prayers of this church. God, that a hundred new ethnic groups will come to know Jesus because of the obedience of this church. You say that we are your friends when we obey your will. So if we want to be called the friends of God, we say, yes, we will obey by praying as you have called us to pray. God, and I pray that you would just bring a hunger in the heart. Stir this church. Awaken your people for what's going on in the world. It's all about you. It's not about us. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that your spirit is moving in a mighty way. Yes, Lord, your spirit is just stirring the hearts of the people. You are purifying your bride because you want to come. You want to come for your church. But the church is not built yet. Because there are many nations who is not part of your church. So you are asking your people... Will you? Will you do this? And we say, yes, Lord. Here we are. Use us. Send us. To make your name great. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that. Amen. Just before I give over... Pastor Eric, I just want to um, say thank you, <laughs> first of all, for your support for Russia. Um, God is moving in awesome ways in Russia, which we never even expected or anticipated. I mean, we trusted God for big things. We have the small team of uh, a few Russian people that we've trained, and God has, over the last three years, mobilized more than a thousand Russian people for missions through this small Russian team who you support. God has really elevated them into a new level of understanding of what is on God's heart. And we just want to say that everything that happens in Russia is part of your inheritance. New nations coming to know the Lord countries. Um, God has opened the door for us to go to Kazakhstan, to Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Mongolia, Ukraine, Belarus, and all those countries are closed countries. But the underground church has asked us to come. Listen, the underground church, a few people asked us to come and mobilize them so they can go out, lay down their lives for new nations that has never heard the gospel. And we are so privileged to do that. So we want to thank you for being part of us, for being part of Russia. And may God really just increase the fruit of your labor. And then also um, the, the 21st and 22nd of February, we will have a missions conference at um, New Life in Anderson. And the, the theme is Come Forth. Um, we believe that God wants to raise the dead. Who wants to raise the dead? Hallelujah. And so God gave us the theme of raising the dead. Actually, you know, that people who have never heard the gospel are dead. And God wants to use us to raise them, to call them forth, to roll away the stone 
and call them out of the graves. And we can be part of that without even going there, just by praying and calling them forth. So please be part of that. If you cannot come, it's okay. Please pray for it. It's for free. We will have Saturday a cultural meal. It will be a Russian meal. Um, just It's for free. We're trusting the Lord just to bless you with that and just to show you what is happening in the nation. So please be part of it. We will have two American speakers, um, Ruben and Yanit Ross. They are um, well-known writers too about discipleship and missions. They've been missionaries for over 20, 30 years in Israel. Uh, really amazing two people, husband and wife, and we asked them, and they are coming to speak at this conference of ours about what is on God's heart, and just to pray for you and bless you. So please be part of that if you can, and we would love to see you there. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Erica. <laughs> Anybody convicted? Let's pray. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for our selfishness. Forgive us for our easy life, for our desire for an easy life. Forgive us for our lust for entertainment. Forgive us for our calloused heart, hearts. Father, I can feel the hardness in this room and in my own heart. And I wish our hearts were all jumping to go to the mission field and to pray. But unfortunately, Lord, we're in a different place because of our immaturity and our selfishness. And I ask, Father, let your spirit fall on our hard hearts, on our selfish desires, and give us your heart. the nations, for the lost. So Lord, my prayer is that by your precious spirit, you would convict every person in this room. And that you would change our hearts. For what moves your heart? Because you are not worshipped in every nation, by every tribe. You are not worshipped in Newcastle. You are not worshipped in Kalamuki, in Asia, in many other places. And you have arrested our hearts. so that we might make you known, the living God. 
And so, Lord, I repent publicly of not having your heart. And I thank you for your grace and your mercy. And I pray your conviction would turn us to godly sorrow that would lead to true repentance. So, Lord, this is not a one Sunday thing, but, Lord, I pray that you would continue to do the work in our hearts of conviction, of soberingness, convicting, and leading us to repentance. there's anybody here that desires to do business with the Lord at the altar, we will not bother you if you need prayer. I just know that God is wanting to do something in our hearts. He's looking for a response from each one of us. And I pray that our American church culture, that we will not just leave here and forget what Erica and Miranda have challenged us with. But I pray your life gets really uncomfortable. I pray your video games become miserable. I pray that your TV goes on the blink. I pray that your lust for entertainment will become uh, unsatisfying. And I pray that he will begin to break your heart on the number of souls who do not know him and are not worshiping him. You know, I shared with somebody the other day, I've been really convicted that I said I didn't know if it was just for Tom and I or the ministry team or, or the church, but I really felt like I needed to do a media fast. fast of entertainment, a fast of all the iPod, iPad, all the, all the iPhone crap, all the stuff that steals our time and our affection, distracts us. Maybe you might want to join me on that, that media fast, that time of consecrating ourselves to the Lord really believe he wants 2014 it's grow up time it's time for the army of God to rise up and quit being about herself your problems your concerns your you, you me 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 the unholy trinity me myself and I does anybody else feel that As the music's playing, I'm not going to end the service. If you need to leave, you can leave. If you want to do a little carpet time with the Lord, the altars are going to be open. I'm not going to pray for your needs. We're not going to have the altar team pray for your needs today. But if you need the altar team to pray for your hard heart, if you need to repent or confess some things privately and confidentially to get some things right, They'll be there for you for that.
you're going to leave, go ahead and leave quietly and take your conversation out in the foyer. But if the Holy Spirit's still dealing with your heart, I would say uh, let him finish the work that he's doing. Get on your knees at the altar, in your chair. Ask him to soften your heart. Ask him to take the blinders off of your eyes. Ask him to convict you anew. And then ask him what he wants you to do. Because it's going to require action. It's not going to be bump, jumping off your knees and then going back to business as usual. It will require a response of faith. So if we could turn the music up a little bit. Holy Spirit, fall. Feel free to obey the Holy Spirit, however the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart. But this does conclude our service. And you're free to go. You're free to go to the altar, to the altar ministry team. And may God bless you and reveal himself and his heart to you today. In Jesus' name.